I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to the first 2020 preseason episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our preview of the Western Conference. This episode is brought to you by the Where in the World is Bobby Warshaw Society? Uh, uh, no, 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 uh, no, thank you. Uh, actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and our amazing Patreon supporters. You guys are so awesome. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and I am joined by my partner in fantasy, to borrow a phrase, Blaine Riffle. Uh, we'd also like to welcome our special guests, Matt Pollard from Last Word on Soccer, and Spencer Savage filling in for his wife, Ashley, who had a last-minute schedule change. How is everyone doing tonight? Good. Ready I'm for the so season to start. That's right. <laughs> We are all ready to go. Now, I have to start out real quickly and say a couple things. One, if you are listening to us right now through SoundCloud, those of you joining us live on YouTube don't get to hear the intro music anyway, you're probably wondering, wait, isn't that the same intro music from last season or two seasons ago? Yes. Yes, that is the answer. And I am still getting the new soundtrack put together. Uh, our very good friend Simon is getting us a new soundtrack, and I'm still collecting some of the audio. So it is coming. It's it's a process that takes a little bit longer than I thought it would. Um, so my bad with, with that. But if you do have any suggestions for what you would like to uh, hear, please send those to me. I, I don't know where they all are. So if you can give me an episode, that's even better. And if you know a timestamp, you're my new favorite person. So, uh, but that's that's going to be coming. So uh, we are planning on getting a new intro coming out pretty soon. Uh, the second thing I have to say is uh, right here at Spencer. So, so I know that Ashley said she had a parent teacher conference come up. Um, not you though. You were, she was like, you can go and be on soccer. I will take care of the kids tonight. <laughs> enjoy uh, yeah no it's a little different she got a new job now so she's actually the head of the after school program at a uh, gifted school in seattle right now so she's kind of the head honcho and doesn't get off until west coast time pretty late so me being pretty flexible and somewhat knowledgeable at soccer she said because i'm not going to get home till 8 p.m western time uh, so yeah, so thanks for bringing me on the pod, guys, and uh, I'm glad that my wife's not here, so I get some little action in front of the in front of the guys. Well, well, let's not let's not talk you down. I mean, uh, we know that your wife is on here often and has told us about how she beat you in fantasy, but she has said that you have some fantasy cred of your own, and uh, I'm going to give both you and Matt a second to let new people know who may be listening to us uh, why we have invited you all out tonight and i guess blaine you and i should do the same in case these are new people but uh go on spencer we'll let you start matt we'll let you go after write that just uh, who do you represent tonight on the show for your fantasy expertise for sure for sure uh, i'll start uh so first and foremost uh, seattle season ticket holders since day one uh my name is on the scarf on the, mm-hmm. the stadium we've got a 
permanent uh, uh but uh i started fantasy the day that it started and i was living in alaska and when you're in alaska there's nothing to do except for watch soccer for me so uh i kind of got ashley into it and her analytical mind went absolutely crazy with it but uh she yes, she has beat me every single year that we played with each other. Uh, but the one thing that I will take uh, as my little expertise is I've always had the highest pointed captain every season uh, in our little fantasy group. So I may not be able to pull the whole team through the entire year. But if you're looking for that one gem in the rough, um, I think you guys had mentioned a couple of times on the pod of previous Mister Savage. Uh, blue on a couple of those uh but no and there's some times where you get yosef that has a double game week and i i tend to find those moments so i'm also real quick representing uh ashley what she what she would say is she is a member of uh switch the pitch which is on twitter it formerly was MLS female which is a fantasy uh, Twitter handle that helps everybody, but it's all female run. Uh, sorry. So it's a MLS soccer that all female run and Ashley has been kind of promoted to the fantasy expert for this upcoming season for switch the pitch. So really, really cool platform, all women uh, really, really getting some res- representation within the soccer community and reporting community, trying to get a bigger name for themselves. And uh, yeah, so hopefully Ashley will be able to get her press pass to be able to go down on the field this season, talk with some players, and you know, see what's going on uh, from a different perspective. And then, you know, I'm hoping that that's not going to help her with her fantasy stats as well. But <laughs> yeah, so that's me. So Great. for sure, glad to have you, uh, Matt. You know a little bit about press passes, right? Uh, yes, I do. I've been a credentialed member of the Colorado Rapids Independent Press Corps since 2016, but my soccer writing days go back to 2014 uh, when I was still finishing up school in St. Louis, and I was at the first ever game for St. Louis FC in their USL iteration, and obviously I'm very excited about the team in one form or another coming into MLS. Um, I am the site manager and Colorado Rapids and partially LA Galaxy beat reporter for LastWordOnSoccer.com. I am the primary host of um, Last Word Soccer Club Radio, general MLS and U.S. soccer um, stuff there from myself and a few other contributors to Last Word on Sports. And then I also, as of, uh, this is my third year now with Rapids Rabbi hosting, holding the high line with Rabbi in Red. Um, My MLS fantasy credentials go back to 2013. I think I've had at least uh, three like tops two percentiles, so I guess 98th percentile and up in my time at MLS Fantasy. Two of those were in the top um, 1%, one of which I think was in the top 100 overall for what the total number is, but I'm usually at the very least in the top 5 to 7% when I'm usually playing this uh, this game, and obviously I met Blaine um, through the interwebs, and then eventually he was writing for Last Word at some point, and that's how, you know, oh, I'm good at MLS Fantasy and nerding out and making spreadsheets for which center backs I should be starting this week which on some level makes me useful um, to you guys here at MLS Fantasy Boss. And uh, longtime listeners will know I am a staunch, like, totally getting stuck in believer in the switcheroo philosophy. So if anybody has any questions about that or any time I'm picking my lineup and everything, I absolutely have at least one or two of those planned on any given week, assuming that uh, there's a good number of fixtures and every team's playing. So Blaine, a little quick uh, rundown about yourself before we get into the the good stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, Matt hit it. I was a, I've been an independent writer since about 2014. I worked with Vavil for quite a while and then came over to Last Word on Soccer with Matt for, I'd say, six months to a year there. And I was doing primarily fantasy with Vavil by, my, by the end of it. And I switched over to Fantasy Boss and then moved right on up into this. Um, I like to say this is the biggest application I've had of my math degree since graduating college. <laughs> Uh, in all my career, I've done everything else but use my math degree, so this gives me a chance to say I've got a legit use for it, doing all the stats and things. But yeah, this has been a, what, Reed, is this year three or four with you now? This has uh, been... You with me? Yeah. Three or four sounds right. Yeah, it just, it's, time goes by so fast. I love this community, and that's why we keep coming back. Uh, as for myself, uh, like I said, I'm from MLSFantasyBoss.com, founded the website around, I don't know, 2014 uh, when I started playing fantasy as well. And I wanted to find a community that had similar resources as to what I was seeing for uh, FPL when I was getting involved in that. And I didn't find anything. And so I said, well, forget it. I'll make my own. So I did. Had the website, had some charts, just steamrolled from there. We have the Reddit community now. We have the Discord community now. We have the podcast now. Uh, this is the sixth year of this podcast. Uh, its its first year was uh, a couple different guys who were running this. Now it's six years under our banner, so seven years in total for this podcast. It is the only podcast that I know of that is 100% focused on the fantasy game. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's a real pleasure to be involved with this. Um, my goal, sort of like with what Matt was saying, is I'm usually around in that top 100. That's always where I'm shooting for with, uh, with my fantasy goals is trying to get in the top 100. And uh, I, I really feel like my skill, though, is assembling some great people to come and talk about fantasy and just share the knowledge. And so it's a great community. If this is your first time watching us, welcome aboard because or listening if you're in SoundCloud. Uh, but again, welcome aboard. Uh, thank you for joining uh, please stay tuned throughout the rest of the season. It's a fun game, and I hope you enjoy what we're putting together. Right now, segment one. We've got three segments for you tonight. Segment one, the current state of fantasy. So no news just yet about what fantasy is doing. So what do we know? Uh, nothing. Very little. I spoke with Ben Bear today, actually, uh, trying to find out some information. Uh, ben is one of the editors over at MLS Soccer, and uh, he is very involved in the fantasy side as well. And he let me know that uh, they don't have a date yet, but it's coming soon. So that's all I've got. If we're able to get Ben onto the show, I know it's not much, but it's, it is coming soon. Uh, if we're able to get Ben onto the show, which he has been so gracious to do for the past several years, uh, we'll get him on here to talk about things that have changed. Uh, I know that we all had a lot of feedback that we sent into MLS Soccer last year. Um, MLS Soccer Soccer, I guess is what I just said. But I just said the website goes through my goes through my head whenever I say those things. But we sent back to Ben and everybody a lot of feedback. So with hope, uh, they're still working on getting some of that implemented. Uh, it's, it's a crazy time for them as well. But all I know for sure right now is that it's coming soon. Um, so we're going to do, what are we hoping for? So uh, Blaine, what do you hope to see? This is this is still like fantasy and just just a, a weird, just make-believe make, up, make believe time. But one thing, if you can see one thing in this season, what would it be? I Hopes and dreams is what I called this on Twitter. And you guys well, on Twitter were just vicious with this. So I'm, I'm hoping you're a bit yeah. more relaxed. I mean... We talked about it yesterday. I've got two because they're the two rules I wanted to see last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually really happy with the game last year. I liked the way it was. Uh, the two complaints I had were 
really what kills it for casuals. And the two things I really want to see are fixed budgets where you don't have to fight with everybody for your price rises and everything. Everybody gets the same budget. It goes down to a more skill game. And I want to see um, highest single game for a double game week. You get one score, but two bites at the apple if you take the double game week players. Those are the two things I want to see. It just it would open up the game to casuals, break it out a little bit, give, give them an easier time to get in, but not be so reliant on the double game week. And I think that would help so much. Yeah, we talked about that a lot on the show last year, just different ways to make it more approachable with, with different scorings and different systems and, and just different ways. Uh, we, we did a lot with that. Uh, Matt, what about you? Um, I think kind of similar to Blaine's first point, I would just, I'd like to see some level of management of the price inflation, both for your general roster budget, you know, like people just stashing in bench players, you know, who are randomly starting at like 4.5 million to start the year just to get that roster value up. Because, you know, if you miss one of those, or if you don't get one of those high price values, basically that just, mm-hmm. that locks you in. So similarly for Blaine, but I think it affects regulars as well, where it's just, you know, it's halfway through the season and Carlos Vela's $14.5 million and basically everybody's just stacking the most expensive players that all have really good value so whether that's putting in price limitations on the actual roster budget side or just managing the price increase and decrease based on form and number of points and everything I'd like to see some form of metric on that because I think they did a good job two years ago of actually managing the increase of that but now it's just gotten overhand or you know out of hand in terms of that front and this is going to be a little outside there, but I would not mind seeing the league. Um, you continue to get points for the secondary assist, the hockey assist on a goal. But for my money, I would say the primary assist has more value. So I don't know if you make the primary assist, you know, four points, because I think it was five points for a goal for forwards and midfielders last year, and then three points for an assist. I would like to see a primary assist valued more in terms of point value than the secondary assist, whether that's increasing one, decreasing the other, or a combination i'd like to see that but i realize that's a a very stickler thing that i say coming from a hockey background but that's (laughs) something that i've kind of thought for a number of years now and read you're the first this is the first time anybody's asked me about it and it's come up on this podcast i'm glad you could share i think longtime listeners will know my views on secondary assist and that is their garbage uh mike (laughs) thanks for joining us for those of you watching and listening because you couldn't see this we are just now been joined by michael denton one of the other regular co-hosts of this show uh was not sure if he'd be able to make it tonight or when he'd be able to make it tonight so uh mike has joined us thank you much mike uh we are talking about just the one or two things that we're hoping to see for this season because ben has been in touch with us and said that uh he doesn't have a date yet but that the game is coming soon so you think about that spencer what are you hoping for yeah i mean i i'm intermixed with you guys i think that you know over the years it's been interesting you know the the development of the switcheroo was kind of a gimme of last year where you know it's it's easy to put some guys on the bench and like hey so if this guy doesn't play and i'm going to do the strategy of playing somebody that doesn't matter at all and then i get the ton of points on the bench i mean that may have helped me but i mean this may not be fantasy specific, but it's really tough those weeks where there's only four, five teams playing, six playing. And you've got this week where you've got to load up, but then you only have three players per team on a certain thing. So, like, that's that's a really tough week to be able to figure out what you're going to do when there's all these teams doing CONCACAF and international and, and everything going on. So, I don't know exactly how they're going to fix that part of it going forward. We just kind of need a better schedule. 
But uh, no, I mean, I kind of agree with Matt with the with the assist part of it. Uh, that's there's sometimes where I mean, if you've played soccer in your life and you have a, a decent pass to someone, and then and is able, and then that first one is is a three point assist. That doesn't seem necessarily fair in, in a lot of times, but. You know, I mean, uh, the game's getting better. They're trying their best. And, uh, yeah, I think overall, I don't know. I don't really agree with it at a cap for every single week. I, I You know, Blaine, I, I totally get where you're coming from. But there is a lot of value if you're going to risk keeping Carlos Villa in your team from the get-go. And if he does rise $6 million over a set of, you know, 8, 10 weeks and you can listen in your, in your roster regardless of how much he's going to actually contribute on certain games like th- then you may be able to be at that point where you load up on you have 130 million ready to go and you took that strategy early to to give yourself some points so i mean i'm kind of i'm i'm here and there and we'll see kind of i'm just excited to see if they do change things and how you're going to adapt as a player to these new rules yeah. so yeah That's part of the fun uh going to chat real quick we have uh, Skylar redpath with us, who writes the the weekly player rankings articles over at MLSsoccer.com. Uh, he has uh, mentioned that he would love to see some of the VIP trips back to the prize, as prizes used to be VIP trips to All-Star Games, which I'm pretty sure Skyler won his fair few trips. Uh, but he would love to see some prize expansion, which is, is always awesome to see. Uh, then we've got JoJo, one of our longtime uh, followers on, on the show. Um, was uh, something easy like being able to look at your year totals from past years definitely uh, something we lost with the provider switch over uh, and then shane another one of our longtime followers uh similar to what's already been said uh, i'm glad it's not like la liga fantasy where you pick a team and have to buy and sell people uh you can steal let's see you can steal your people i hope it never becomes that so uh, a few little hopes right there. Uh, and this is one of the great things about having people, if you are able to join us during our live broadcasts, we love interacting with, with mm-hmm. the fans right here in the show. This makes it really fun. Uh, Mike, I was vamping for you a little bit there. Just a quick little, what are you hoping for in this season? Uh, what I hope for is is very simple. I would like the league to show me that they care about this game. Because so right much. now, I am not convinced that they have any interest in this game whatsoever. So um, the official league account has not tweeted since October 5th, which was the last day. It's been months since they've done so. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we're three weeks away. Uh, and I heard you earlier, Ben can't give us an opening date. No prices have been officially revealed. Absolutely no lead up. Uh, total missed opportunity. They they just made it clear they don't care. So that's what I would want. I would want someone from the league to show they care, whether it's increase of prices, promotion. Um, we've talked about it ad nauseum. People on here have heard me rant about it on nauseum. They've done absolutely nothing, regardless of whatever ideas it's been. They haven't taken any of them. They've just made minor in-game changes, which they'll probably release a week before and then give us a week to try to look over prices and get a league together. Um, it's just it's unacceptable. It's been unacceptable for a few years now. And hopefully the league brings in someone who actually cares about the game to run the game and to promote the game. Mike is not <laughs> reserved in any of his opinions, but we appreciate it. And I know that some of you listening out there may share the same opinions of Mike. Uh, we don't know what the game is going to be at this point. So I'll just uh, underscore that right now. Uh, I think we can agree, though, that, yeah, if, if there was some some more advanced notice, that would that would obviously 
be great. But I do hope that people will still stay around and, and play. And we care. We will be here to help guide you along the way. Okay, let's move into segment two. The main reason why I hope you guys came here tonight. Uh, this is our Western Conference team preview. So it's all focused on the West. A fantasy focus on the West, may I add. Some of this may overlap with uh, actual performance. So we were talking with Matt just a little bit ago about, about this. So a good team can be a good team in fantasy and in real life, but but we will see what happens. So what I've got here is I've got all these guys, and I've asked them to divide the West into their top-tier teams, their mid-tier teams, and their bottom-tier teams. So when you guys do that, feel free to give some explanation. But what I want to know right now is what was your determining factor when you were making these tiers? Just like, how did you approach defining what made a team a top versus a mid? Uh, Matt, let's just start with you, your top right corner. Um, so I chose based on value. So, you know, obviously, as we talked a little bit about, you know, in a vacuum, Carlos Vela is probably still the, at least as of last year, was the best fantasy player that you had. But is he better for you on the road, in the rain, at Seattle at $14.5 million or whatever? Or would you rather take Chicharito playing Nashville SC at home, for example, with the LA Galaxy getting their stuff together? So I kind of combined it in a weird mashup between is the team actually good am I and am I actually getting good value I'm not sure that FC Dallas is going to be a playoff team this year but I know that there will be reasonably priced young starters who will bring good value for you know somewhere around that seven to eight million dollar valuation based on where the numbers were roughly at you know in 2019 so those types of players those types of teams I might value more even though I might say that LAFC in a vacuum is better but if you want a starter you're going to have to pay 10 million dollars i would rather have you know somebody like danny acosta being able to get him on the bench knowing that he's going to play 90 minutes rather than having to check to see whether or not mark anthony k or latif blessing are starting you know for the game and if one of them's on the bench i'm going to have to switch it around so that is the lens upon which i view these teams for who's really good who's in the middle and who's bad um accounting for price valuation i like that i like that really well um I mean, we can go around. This is this round table style, so feel free to jump in. But does anybody disagree with that or want to add anything to it? Everybody like it? No, that was solid. Yeah. I win. Okay. You knocked yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> just fantasy in 2020, folks. That's right. That's right. Matt Pollard nailed it right there. Uh, no, exactly. I, I think that that gets it all. It's not always about price. So much of it depends upon the matchups and that overall value that teams provide so fantastic way of wrapping this up so let's just jump into it uh, for those of you joining us right now in the video world we're getting ready to talk about our western conference preview and we're going to have our top tier team so blaine let's start with you and then like i said guys feel free to jump in if you really passionately disagree with something if not we'll just go around so who are your top tier teams blaine yeah um just piggyback right off where Matt started. These are teams that I can pretty reliably look at to grab some quality players. Uh, they may not be the best players every week, but they're the guys that I can pretty much guarantee are going to be impact players. And that's LAFC. I mean, when you've got Velo and you've got K in there, you've got two really good guys. Um, if the defense can solidify, which there's some questions there, you've got a primary defender right there. Shout. Um, LA Galaxy goes up there. I think there's enough big names there that are going to make an impact right away. Um, Minnesota United on the defensive side, I think, goes up there as well. Um, and then 
I'm kind of torn. I don't like to put more than a third in the top tier. So uh, Seattle and RSL, and I think it's going to depend on what we see in preseason, who I'm going to put up at the top. Those are two teams that had good runs last year. Seattle's got the names that you can kind of expect to give you good points every week. But I think RSL is built to where they could leapfrog Seattle for that last top tier spot in my rankings, just depending on how they look in preseason and how some of the new players fit in. Spencer, we're going to have to go to you because Blaine has mentioned Seattle and you're you're a fan. Oh, for sure. So uh, kind of going with where I put my rankings, I, I'm on board with all you guys. I mean, we kind of know the, the strategy where it comes to fantasy. You know, it's an interesting thing that I hear every season there are more fantasy points than a 5-5 tie. Um, which is crazy to think of that. You get every defender is getting shut out. So what I'm looking for is teams that are going to have a high probability of goals uh, and what those players are going to be. So shuts right between like I would see San Jose as a team that has a lot of players that have high ability to get great amount of points, but necessarily not might not be that top of, of the table for the West. So, you know, for me, for Seattle, uh, just as, speak on them the the defense is going to be really shoddy this year we have a lot of new guys that are going to have to intermix with each other but looking at Leardam last year he's going to be one of my top defenders which we're going to get into later but Leardam is a guy that is scoring goals and is going to be a someone from that right side assisting right so for me what I look for is wingbacks 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 can get the ability to be a, a Rodney Wallace back in the day? Can we get a wing back that's going to get uh, shutouts and goals and assists? It's, that's going to be that type of attacking player. And I think that those teams are going to be the teams that want to get forward from the back. And that would be to me, San Jose, that's going to be. But overall, for me, like for the West, uh, as far as like what I'm looking at off the bat is. New guys that are coming in uh, that are going to be a potential of low price right off the bat that are explode, you know. It's going to be interesting to see some of these new forwards that are coming in from the Mexican League. Are they going to be placed at $11 million or are they going to be placed at $8 million? And at that $8 million spot with a lot of unknown, that could be a huge, huge hit, especially with the first games of the season and how money's going to play and if they're going to increase. So I'm trying to find those, you know, diamonds in the rough of guys that are going to just fit right into that groove. No, that's, that's good. A uh, good way to approach it. And I like, I like where you're thinking about with defenders. Uh, Matt, let's go over to you. I saw a comment by, by Chris in, in chat who says he has a good feeling about Colorado and you're rocking some swag right now. So who are your top tier teams? Yeah, so I guess uh, let's start with the Rapids. You know, if I were doing a power ranking 1 to 13 in the West, I don't know that I would put the Pids number one right there. But, you know, if you look at how this team and how players have individually been priced, Rapids players are usually relatively inexpensive. Other than, you know, I think there was a point where Kai Kamara had at least, had a goal in four league games straight. You know, you're not going to find a starter any more than $9 million. You've got a couple of really decently priced goalkeepers or um, uh, defenders as well. And then, you know, I think Clint Irwin's going to be slightly 
sliding a little bit under the radar compared to some of the other keepers that we're getting. So, you know, I probably have the Rapids right around that bubble team. You know, I think they'll finish no worse than seventh, but I think they could easily be top four as in being third or fourth at the absolute best. But you're going to get some really reasonably priced players who are going to be regular starters. And there's not really any key weaknesses that you have. Uh, maybe one thing that I didn't mention in terms of how I evaluate these teams is also having good options entirely across the field. If we take the LA Galaxy, for example, you know, their expected front three and, um, in their 4-3-3 is going to be absolute dynamite, maybe a little bit pricey. I still have a lot of concerns in defense. So, you know, for example, I'd have the LA Galaxy in the middle, but even though they're more expensive, I still think LAFC is probably the best option that you have. Pick any three starters when they have a home game, a favorable home game, and you're probably going to be good. It's just going to cost you anywhere from 28 to $35 million to get those three starters in. I think Minnesota United is going to be really, really improved. Kind of concerned in the sense that I don't think they have a go-to forward unit know is going to bang in goals like a Carlos Vela, like an Alan Polito for Sporting Kansas City. But I mean, other than that, they're solid in the midfield. They'll be solid in defense. They'll be solid in goal. And then I think we're going to see a much improved Sporting Kansas City team this year. And that's going to correlate to just better fantasy value that you have all the way from back to the front. And then, of course, uh, for the same reasons, I put the Rapids in there as well. I think any one of those four teams, LAFC, Minnesota, Sporting, Colorado, if they've got a good matchup in any given week, you've got a good chance at a defender who's going to get forward in the forms of a fullback, a center back who could get a bunch of bonuses, and then obviously a go-to forward, whoever's starting up top, who's going to bang in goals, who's going to be your person to play up top. I hope everyone enjoyed that sneeze in, uh, <laughs> in YouTube land. I, I, did, I think I muted it just in time, but uh, sorry about that. Uh, Mike. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone has pretty much nailed it um, as, as far as who the, the top teams are. Um, we haven't mentioned Portland yet, which is interesting. I mean, they'll still have Valeri, um, but they do kind of seem like they've kind of gone back to the middle uh, of the pack, uh, especially now that Brian Fernandez is gone um, with all of his problems. Um, there's not really a whole lot of other teams that you can get in there. I think RSL is kind of middle of the pack, too. Um but I think the real big feature of the West is you have some really bad teams um, that didn't really do much. Um, Vancouver did absolutely nothing and may just be losing the players we have. Like I think Jordi Reyna is considered maybe he's going to go or not. Um, Houston Dynamo haven't brought anyone in. Um, lots of questions of whether they're going to sell Elise or Minotas. Um, no, I think it was Minotas. It was either, either Elise or Minotas who just got his uh, green card. Can't remember which one of them off the top. Minotas is there. Kyoto went to Montreal. I, I know. I know. Kyoto is yeah. gone. Um, Mo Montreal's got its own problems. We'll talk about them next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've got Quintero um, now, though. They've got Quintero. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they lost Piatti, so they're pretty much. Dry. I admit. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, we but all lost Piatti, Mike. We all lost Piatti. <laughs> <laughs> That's Notes next week. For so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, but I think one of the interesting things uh, about the West, uh, maybe a little bit different from, from the East is a lot of the teams that we look at do have big questions. Seattle lost a lot of their big contributors in the back line. Uh, I don't know mm -hmm. Spencer's confident, but that how they rebuild it will be, they, they, they did spend, they did spend big money. So we'll see how these new additions come in. But, you know, a lot of these guys aren't people we've heard of. So we have to see how they do in the league. A lot of the teams stand, stood pat like LAFC, but now they have injuries. Um, mm -hmm. 
they're really interesting in that they brought in BWP. That's probably one of the biggest picks for the early season, uh, especially with Diomande looking like he's going to miss some time. Um, but LAF, um, LA Galaxy, they their back line is still really bad. So I don't know why they didn't bring him. So th- there's a lot of big question marks around the top teams in the West. Um, either they kind of stood pat and maybe they shouldn't have or they brought in people who we just don't know about. Um, but I think there is pretty clear delineations there with Colorado, really the only team I see rising out of the non-playoffs into the playoffs. Yeah, and Colorado did some great stuff to help shore up last year as well, especially on their mm-hmm. defense, keeping Abba Bakar and everybody there. So so that was real, really good for them. Uh, the last bit that, that I'll add, well, two things. One, I'm going to uh, touch back to something Spencer said about bringing in some of the, the younger Mexican talent. I think that's been a great addition that we've seen several mm-hmm. of these teams be able to go down to uh, to League of MX and get some some guys, some kids that are really loaded with potential. So I'm excited to see a lot of that uh, in the league this year. Uh, for me, the last element that I'll add for helping me determine who a top-tier team is is just very simple. It's uh, We know last year we had a limit of three players per team. So it's who would I be willing to pick three players from? That's that's basically for me what made a top team. And, and Matt just has such a, a great point. That's why my LA Galaxy pick is not a top-tier team because some of those players are so expensive mm-hmm. that even while they may be well worth having three players in your team, it's going to be such a huge hit that maybe at the beginning of the season it's not going to be as viable. So for me, LAFC, Minnesota, and Sporting Kansas City, I like what you guys have done down there, Blaine. You look; These teams look like they have players and not not just three players, but players across the board in multiple positions where I could go with a defender, a midfielder, or a forward and have coverage throughout my whole team or even just go back to, to a keeper at times, uh, depending on who's there. Uh, though, unfortunately, um, Zach McMath, that's, I think I think uh, Matt Doyle described him as the journeyman keeper of MLS. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's trying to go to every team before he retires. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he'll ever be in my team, but did not make the top tier. But that's that's for me. Those three teams, mm-hmm. LAFC, Minnesota, Sporting Kansas City, uh, I think they have some good value, and I could easily see myself going with three players from, from their team. Any other final comments for top tier before we move on to mid? Disagreements? Anything like that? Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Um, so I would say uh, don't sleep on Houston, guys. So Tab Ramos coming in as head coach, we he's been pretty successful with the youth, and he's got something to prove coming into the MLS. And I think that we're kind of sleeping on Darwin Quintero coming into Houston. So we'll get to it later, but uh, Elise actually number four last year in the West for assists per 90 minutes. Uh, he had 10 assists, so almost an assist every other game, and that's Albert the least. And then you add in Darwin Quintero into that mix of, you know, that kind of offensive power. Yeah, Quintero, um, or he went to Montreal, but I think that that's a huge upgrade with Gar- Darwin Quintero, who got basically snubbed and left out of Minnesota at the end of the year. So you got a lot of, a lot of guys down there in Houston with something to prove should be – it should be interesting to see what goes down there in the heat this this year. But my only thing with Houston is, is I I want to see more out of their defense, and I think you're right. Those are some great picks to put up there. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, let me see more of Memo. Like I I love seeing Memo play in last year, and he had some great value for point production. Yeah, in fantasy, Reed, go but... to go to mid tier. Go to mid tier. Okay, fire okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. we're gonna get there. Uh, we're gonna break into mid tier right now, and I'm gonna start it. Houston is in my mid tier team. 59 goals conceded last year, 
and uh, 59 goals against last year and a, a goal differential of negative 10. So they did okay, but 59 is just too much. That makes me worried some on defense. And so, again, like with my top-tier teams, I was looking at uh, teams with two solid players that I would go to and think, okay, yeah, I could probably pick one of these guys. For Houston, it's definitely focused on the front for me. I could see me going with the two Houston front line and Mimo Rodriguez and some of those guys there in midfield. But I've got the Galaxy right here. That's probably all I could afford from that team. Uh, and they would probably be Pavone and Chicharito. But those are, I got LA Galaxy right there. Dallas, Houston, Portland for me. RSL sneaks in here. San Jose, Colorado, uh, and then Seattle. Those are all teams that, to me, fall into the mid-tier. Again, I could easily see myself picking up two players from these from these teams. Three in the right situation or the right budget. But I'd start to have some questions right there, depending on how form plays out. Uh, so quick one there. Blaine, you had some opinions. I'm going to have to throw yeah. it to you. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I love the discussion about Houston. I throw Portland in here as well. Uh, Colorado's another one. Uh, possibly San Jose, depending on how you feel about them. Either the other of RSL or Seattle, whichever one you don't bounce up to the top tier. But these are all teams where I see one or two players that you expect everything to kind of go through. These have got a highlight player that you know you can pick, but I don't trust the team as much. These are teams that gave up a lot of goals. I know Portland's defense was giving up some late goals last year and just wasn't quite what we expected them to be. These are teams that have got huge question marks around them league or for just in general league play, but it's also fantasy. Like um, Portland suffers from the Valeri versus Blanco issue. Which one do you take? Um, and that's not going to change this year. I don't think you're going to be able to invest in both of them all the time because I don't trust Portland enough to take both of them in the same game and use up two midfield slots. But now I've got to make the decision, which one do I take this week? And I hate those decisions. And so that's that solidly puts them in a mid-tier. Houston's also here because while I, if, I really hope Quintero can come out and do something, he was benched in Minnesota, and they weren't the strongest attacking team last year. Um, there's a huge question mark around him and what he's going to do. Um, Memo is somebody we all want to see more of. He's always been cheaper and pretty electric when he's out there. I would love to see more Memo, but we, again, we're stuck with, we've got Minotas. Quintero's got a pretty good-sized contract again. What do you do with all these pieces? And I think there's a, uh, some real risk for rotation here or just picking the wrong guy. And these are teams that I don't trust. Like, they're all playoff bubble teams. I don't trust them week in and week out to get the job done. Unlike my top-tier teams, I expect good results from them, home or away. I mean, a good showing away even if they don't win. These are guys that you can kind of rely on. And the mid-tier teams are not guys that I'm going to be looking to rely on all the time. They're going to be if the opportune matchup comes up or if I've got the extra budget to fit one of these guys in. Very good. Mike. Um, I, I think I generally agree with that. Uh, I think one of the interesting cases is San Jose. Um, it really depends on whether you feel like what you're going to get from San Jose is the first half of the year or the second half. Of the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like going off the gate, I, I think they'll probably be strong. They'll have the energy. I think we'll see more of what we saw kind of mid-year from them where they were really, really good. And I think they'll be underpriced. So I think if you're looking at a mid-tier team, I definitely wouldn't pick three of their players, but I think they're, you're going to get some value uh, out of that just because you're they're going to be overproducing in the beginning of the year as opposed to, to the rest of the year. Um, the only other comment I would just kind of say is this is very fluctuating kind of category. 
Like, for example, we talked in the beginning about LAFC and Seattle as first-tier teams. And for most of the year, that's probably right. But for the beginning, for the first month, LAFC and Seattle are probably low bottom-tier teams because of CCL mm-hmm. and all the rotation that, that happens. Point. So sometimes you can get some cheap value from them, from random guys starting who shouldn't otherwise. But sometimes you can get some good value from teams who are playing them who just get you know B or C teams while the A team is flying down to Mexico. So that's just kind of something to keep in mind if, if we have some new listeners, new players of fantasy who are just trying to figure out about the league. That's really, really important in, in month one. Yeah, no, great, great point. And even though the game is not out, I do have a draft. Uh, my prediction of what the fantasy schedule is going to look like based upon the, the team rosters that or team schedules that have been published over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. You can check out that first draft of the schedule. Matt? Um, so I've got kind of two groups of the five teams that I'm looking at as far as my middle tier. Um, I'll start with the group of three, FC Dallas, San Jose Earthquakes, and Real Salt Lake. Kind of similar to you, Reed, I'm looking at it. Are there two players on, you know, a good week for any of these three teams that I'm looking at? I don't know that there's anybody stand out in the same way that, you know, I look at, um, you know, say a Portland Timbers. And obviously if I'm going with Portland, it's going to be Valeri and Blanco or one of the combination of those, maybe an Abobasi or one of the Charas. You know, I don't know that there's a standout. I'm dropping 10 million on anybody individually from these three teams with the exception of maybe Albert Rusnak. But if RSL's got a home game against Orlando, for example, I'll know I'll have Rusnak. Maybe I'll look at one of the midfielders and then see what my cheap options are as far as a backline player to maybe stash on the bench and hope for a switcheroo um, with a uh, with a clean sheet or something like that. And then the other two, um, which I would say are a little bit more top-heavy, would be Seattle and the LA Galaxy, whereas there's obviously going to be two players who I'm looking at at any given week whereas Dallas it could be you know any one of five or six players if I'm going with the LA Galaxy you know it's going to be a home game against Nashville and it's probably going to be Pavone and Chicharito maybe in a good week or if they have a DGW I'm looking at a Sebastian Lejet or a Joe Corona or I'm still kind of I'm curious to see with the pricing where Jonathan Dos Santos goes just because a lot of his points last year weren't so much goals and assists so much as bonuses. And are those point values changing? And it's a guy who's consistent like that, but only getting me, you know, his peak out is at like eight points. Is that going to be worth dropping 10 million on any given week? And I think Seattle, I still have a lot of concerns about what they're going to do at center back, but I mean, pick any one of the top of the front fives, you know, Lodero's a lock for any home game they have. I'd say the same thing for Ruiz if he's healthy, but I mean, after that, you know, pick your poison between Gustav Svensson, uh, Kelvin Leardam, uh, Christian Roldan, Jordan Morris, just based on pricing and who ends up starting. But those would be my five middle tier, albeit a group of two and a group of three that I am approaching very differently, even though I think they're middle of the pack. Yeah, no, great. Uh, let's see, I think we touched. Did we get to you yet, Spencer? Uh, no, I, I mean, you guys pretty much said everything I was going to say. Uh, the big thing that I'm looking at for those mid-tier teams uh, is honestly just schedule. So, like what you guys iterated with the uh, CONCACAF Champions League, yes, LLAFC, to be wearing, uh, with Toronto at home, they got Minnesota at home, and then they go to Philly, and then they've got Kansas City at home, right? So when you're, I'm looking at schedule for these, for most of these mid-tier teams, I'm making against these teams in the last season or so. Uh, I mean, but it, it's tough, guys. I mean, it, it's a huge question mark for Kansas City. 
huge question mark because they yeah there was an injury horrible season last year is Beasler and Zussi still going to have that type of DP level in the back to be able to ensure that Milia is not going to have to make a ton of saves and PK saves all year long or at least the season to start you know so yeah I mean for me with these mid kind of going to be picking the the diamond in the rough and figuring out who's going to do well in, with the schedule to start it off so i'll let you talk real quick blaine you feeling good about your boys i'm i'm very optimistic but if mm-hmm. you've noticed is all this talk there's been one team that hasn't been mentioned yet by me and we've got one section left on the tier list well i'm not going to let you go first this time because you went first well no, that's after good. me last time all right we'll just go right into it the bottom tier teams and mike you are our debbie downer so we'll let you talk about all these teams that people should be down upon as bottom tier fantasy teams from the west all right so i actually think sporting kansas city is in this category i'm sure blaine is going to jump up and yell um, but i'm just being debbie downer on everyone so i'll just dump on his team uh, i know they signed a big number nine and I'm, I'm sure he'll get it. i don't know who's getting him service I, I don't think they did nearly enough to improve the team the fact that they're still looking at Beasler and Zusi as starters to me is is a little weak. They they needed to really revamp. They're just too old, and they're setting themselves up for for more injuries. So I can see Sporting Kansas City kind of coming out strong, and then once the minutes on those legs start wearing, them kind of breaking down and falling apart like they've done a lot of a lot of time. But I mean, the true bottom of the barrel. Um, I'm gonna the worst team I think in the West is gonna be Vancouver. Not Nashville. I'm going to go with Vancouver. They've done absolutely nothing. They've mm-hmm. taken all their money um, that they got from Bayern Munich, and I don't know what they did with it. You know, maybe they just took it on nice little sails and cruise mm-hmm. around the Pacific Northwest, which I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm sure Spencer enjoys that, but I, I don't know why, why, why they haven't invested more, why they haven't brought in big names. They're, they're just going to be terrible. There's just some, something bad about that. Now for Nashville, I actually kind of liked what they did. You know, Dax McCarty, Hannibal Godoy, like they're not they're not going to be good. They're not going to make the playoffs, but like they were they were kind of struck me as like they won't be FC Cincinnati bad. But I mean, who fact- can be? <laughs> well, I mean, Minnesota <laughs> the year before was kind of FC Cincinnati bad for hey, much. Who's, <laughs> who's got the record for most goals conceded, huh? Who's got <laughs> the did. record for the largest negative goal differential? It's huh? a weird thing to be proud of, Reed. But okay, there's we're, so I'm not lit up. There's so, no, we've got we've got a lot to be proud of this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then this whole thing about the stadium—that's th- just a really big off the mm-hmm. field distraction issue because yeah. you don't get any of the benefits from being an expansion you don't get any of the benefits from the excitement when everyone is questioning whether or not your club should close down and you, your your franchise is literally sending letters to the mayor saying they're going to yank our franchise if you don't give us a stadium in a week so assuming that they actually mm-hmm. do kick off a ball which i i, don't, I have no idea what's actually going to happen with that I don't think you get the same boost from expansion. I think that's a big distraction because players are wondering if they're going to be looking for new jobs next year already. You know, combine that with the normal expansion pangs. This is not in Atlanta or LAFC where they dropped big amounts of cash. Um, this is definitely going to be a team to target. I mean, they'll just get bought by Precor down in Austin. That's that's how that'll work. 
but no, for <laughs> serious though, if they need to get that stadium up in a week, they need to talk to the people who build the dollar stores around here because they put those things up fast. <laughs> they do just so quick. Uh, Blaine, your response to that since uh, Sporting Kansas City had some shots fired over the bow. Oh, I was going to say bottom tier, um, Sporting Vancouver, Nashville, right here. Um, San Jose, I throw down here. Um, Sporting, what? sporting being the lone, yeah, sporting being kind of the lone, the one that I don't lump in with the other three as much. Um, I think that's got they've got a lot of high powered players. Um, I don't think it's as dire as Mike makes it out to be. I do worry a lot about Zusi. I'm not thrilled about seeing him start more this season. I think we do need somebody younger and faster. He's or he needs to move back to midfield, which is too crowded. But we're it's this is going to be a rotation heavy team. There's a lot of positions to battle for. I think really the only two guys, three guys that are locks to start in the attacking core are going to be Polito, Johnny Russell, and Felipe Gutierrez. I think everybody else is a is a steady rotation risk or a 60-minute and out risk. And even Polito and Russell could be that 60-minute and out risk. And that's why I put them bottom tier. I, I, until we see stuff go on, that makes me um, solidify the roster a little bit when I see that come together. I mean, they grabbed um, um, an Israeli midfielder who is a direct com- competition for Roger Espinoza, but Espinoza always seems to fight his way into the lineup. Or that means Ilya Sanchez gets sacrificed to pit both of them in. Uh, so there's just there's a lot going on here. There's a lot in flux with this team, but coming off of a record-setting goals, goals conceded year, it doesn't look good. Um, the other three teams... I know Vancouver grabbed Lucas Cavallini. I think that helps the attack, but if he's not getting the service he needs, he's not going to do enough. Um, I honestly don't don't. I'm not too upset with the look of both San Jose and Nashville. I think they both got some pretty solid defenses. the The San Jose man marking gave teams fits last year, and I like the veteran leadership that Nashville's brought in. They've got an experienced goalkeeper. They've got a lot of experienced defenders. Some uh, Dax and Godoy are going to be able to shield that defense. And I look at the offense that they've got there. It looks like a bunker and counter team a little bit, which may be ugly, but they've got a lot of speed going forward in that team if they want to drop back a little bit. Um, I think they could play spoiler in the West and pick off teams here and there, but I don't think that's beneficial for fantasy. So that's why they end up down here. Um, Maybe one or two of those guys get really hot and their defense or the defensive midfielders in a traditional double game week setting where we score both games. Um, you've got some, you've got some solid options on these teams, but I just, when you're looking at your best options for teams being defenders, they, they have to go bottom tier. I just think you guys are absolutely nuts to put sporting Kansas, not sporting. Kansas, well, I think you're nuts to put sporting Kansas State this low too. I think you're absolutely nuts. So to put San Jose this low in the rankings, I mean, I th- looking at Vela and Lima and Youngworth and, and Vaco and, and Wanda, like you've got guys who, while they weren't the greatest producers last year, a bit of spurts here and there, they were easy on the budget. They had great form. And I don't think that the man mark system is going to be completely uh, solved this season. That that will still continue to give people fits and it will still result in some points for for uh, San Jose. If nothing else, I feel like Vega, uh, I don't know what his price is going to be, but I feel like Vega won't be priced in that $6 million range. It'll be pretty affordable and could be an easy keeper to fall back onto that uh, gives you, for me, a reason to think, well, I could probably grab two San Jose guys and not really think too much about it. But I just I just think that's undeserved. Undeserved. Spencer, your thoughts? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I have Nashville in my bottom only because it's the unknown. It's an expansion team. Like, you know, Mike said, there's a bunch of, you know, drama going on with the stadium and what's going on with the team. You know, is it going to be kind of awkward with the fan base? Like, you know, not to rag on Cincinnati, but Cincinnati had an amazing fan base and then it just didn't kind of work on work out on the field. Right. You know, so we're going to see what that if, is it going to be a fortress? So is it going to be a good team to pick? So Baji has scored everywhere he's been on crappy teams, on crappy seasons. He finds a way to put the ball in the back of the net. I think he's like a younger, you know, Kai Kamara in a way where you just put him on the field, he'll figure out a and then you know uh last year uh in bomb was a great kind of like mid-season you know getting kind of in form and he just lifted himself up especially at home so he's going to be kind of one of those sneaker picks that's going to be at a low price that will give you assists and possibly goals you know from vancouver um but yeah i mean with the with the bottom teams like kind of how i picked with cincinnati last year is who's going to have a big game uh, is it going to be home or away? Those type of things, but it's, it's just I just I'm going to stay away from Nashville until I see the product on the field and who's actually going to perform. So maybe about like three or four until I start picking up Nashville players. Yeah, no, so fair, so fair. Uh, for for me, I definitely have Vancouver down here. I think people have made some good points uh, about Vancouver. I don't know if I'd say they they've been completely quiet. Maybe not as much as you would hope for a team that struggled a lot last year. Cavallini is, I think, the big X factor. But I agree with what Matt Doyle put out in his article today that the big question for Vancouver comes down to can they provide the service needed to take advantage of Cavallini's skill. And so if they can do that, perhaps they have a shot at becoming a mid-tier team. They do have some midfield options that that might be uh, appealing there. But um, lots of question marks there. And, uh, yeah, I also have Nashville down here as, as my bottom two for a lot of the same reasons you guys said, uh, Spencer, they're an unknown. And I think that that's, that is something to really weigh heavily. We have seen the history of expansion teams is more likely a history of struggle than it is of success. We have, we have examples of that not happening, but the expansion teams tend to struggle more and they do succeed immediately, so I think they will be worth betting against. But I have to agree, again, when Doyle's article came out, which if you all have not read uh, Matt Doyle's latest article where he gets into some of the, the breakdowns of depth and potential team rosters, when I sat there and looked at Nashville's roster, it was the first time I really got a good look at the current roster. I, too, had been caught up in all the drama going around with the stadium and everything, and I looked at those players and I thought, huh, you know, it's not that bad, really. So I, I could see, like Mike was saying, them being a bit of a, maybe a spoiler team for, for the West, but I, I don't know if that will result in a lot of fantasy points, especially if they try to become a team, kind of like FC Cincinnati was trying to be last year, of this very defensive bunker counterattack, maybe getting one goal. Uh, but but I, I am actually, I was more impressed with, with uh, Nashville's makeup than I thought I would be, so kudos i feel like guys. nashville's gm probably plays fantasy because he's got, <laughs> he's got, um, he's got like doors like all these like weird i love Dave Romney, four million dollars as a starter that's, that's a pretty right. good shout that's right he was all right guys we have a hundred million dollars to make this team work let's do it 
We're getting David to come. Uh, <laughs> fail. All right, Matt, take us home. Who are your bottom tier teams? Yeah, uh, I've got Vancouver and Nashville here, you know, bottom and second bottom. Everybody else has beaten those two horses to death, so I won't spend any more time on those. And the other two that I have on here are Portland and Houston. Kind of similar to your points, Reed, about how, you know, the top tier is do I want three players from them? The middle tier is do I want two players from them? But, I mean, you know, Portland still hasn't really addressed any of their issues defensively. There's a bunch of reasons, unless they change the rules, why having a D-mid isn't necessarily necessarily a good value pickup as a midfielder and MLS fantasy, which has me concerned about both of the Chara brothers. And I mean, Diego Valeri is fantastic. I'm glad that he was able to stay and work things out with Portland, but father time is still undefeated. And I'm just wondering at what point are we going to see a crash from him in the same way that we saw from BWP <laughs> last year with the New York Red Bulls. And so if it's, you know, if they have a bad matchup or Valeri is not able to stay healthy, you know, is it worth it to spend $10 million on, you know, Sebastian Blanco or $8 million on an Abobasi for when the rest of the team, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in. And then my main issues with Houston is I'm still, I, I would follow up that I would have the state. I have Houston in my bottom tier under the condition that I would love to have a media opportunity to ask Todd Ramos several questions in detail, <laughs> what the plans are for Darwin Quintero and how he fits in with the rest of the system. And then the other big concern that I have, I'm viewing this on the whole of the entire season. So a lot of, is this team going to be competitive throughout the year? Is CCL going to affect some of the teams and players who are in CCL? Yeah. Are they going to be in the playoff hunt to where August, September, and October are going to matter for them? And I'm just really concerns that one of Minotas or Elise gets sold in the summer and if that happens and Quintero is kind of in a weird position and the defense isn't improved that much even with Pablo Mastroeni being on Tab's staff that's just where I have a lot of concerns around Houston Dynamo where there, there might be one player at any given time who I'm willing to willing to look at but there's not a lot of options in the midfield there's definitely not of options in defense and if one of their two big players who I just mentioned gets sold in the summer I don't see a lot of anything from a fantasy standpoint other than bench switcheroo options for the second half of the year and so that's mm -hmm. why i have houston there and similarly if anything happens to valeri um i'd say the same thing of portland very fair uh i'm team matt, matt brought up something I just, I, I just want to comment on um which is which is about depth and I, I don't think we've talked about one thing about the top tier teams about lafc in seattle one thing we did see last year is that both of those teams struggled when their depth was challenged uh, whenever LAFC got a bunch of injuries and, and we, we had periods of Seattle where, you know, it was like, who is that on their team? Like, you know, they were putting out C teams and I, I think poor Ashley had to come on here and was like, just please pick against Seattle because, no. mm. <laughs> and so that's going to be a real challenge for both those teams playing um, in, in CCL because then you're going to have more compression and they're going to be forced to play more international dates. I'm assuming I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. Um, we'll see what MLS does because MLS changes schedule on the flies because because MLS. Because but I think that's yes. something to kind of so keep in mind that could really knock those teams down into a mid-tier, maybe even a bottom tier, if they get a rash of injuries because we've seen it happen. We saw it happen to Sporting Kansas City last year. Okay, last question before we get on to our top five players. Blaine threw this one out, so Blaine, I'll let you lead this little part here. Yeah, uh, one of the big questions that always comes up at this time of the year is – how do you target defenses early? So what are the three teams you're looking at early for defensive success? Uh, you might throw out if you've looked at the schedule pretty close or not. Um, I know I haven't, so my teams are coming from that one. 
And then um, who are you going to be betting against early? Like which defenses are you going to hedge against and think their opponents are going to score? Which ones do you think are going to have the early success? You didn't have and... to say somebody's name. That's <laughs> that's how it makes it work. I'll Spencer, let's start with you because I know Seattle's had some defensive changes. Yeah, for sure. So for me, don't bet on Seattle, guys, unless you're going to take Leardom because we're, we're going to throw him forward. He's going to go nuts, and he's going to probably score some goals. He's got some freedom. We've got two center backs that have never played with each other before. You know, Kim season. So do not bet on Seattle. It's probably going to be Nuhu on the left. And that choo-choo train, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, I, I would be so happy if he's just going to be banging in assists and goals this year, but it's probably happen on Minnesota. They're keeping most of their guys. They're going to – Tyler Miller coming in at keeper is not even, to me, that much of a downgrade uh, from Minote, you know, from Vino. And you got Ico Park, the rain, Ico Park, the reigning defensive player – defensive player of the year so me i'm putting my chips in on minnesota especially with their schedule coming in on the earlier part of the year let's see they have uh away at portland they're away at san jose but then they're home red bull home montreal i'm not i think that's the thing is to me when i'm looking at defensive i'm going to how'd you finish last year how'd you do last year did you keep your guys is there going to be a lot of stuff so Stay away from Seattle. I would say stay away from Portland. Um, you know, for obvious reasons. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, keep no keep with Minnesota, and you know, maybe yeah, I know, I know, I know. Maybe even even uh, a little bit of RSL. It might be interesting to see how they're going to revamp with Nick Romano going gone too. You know, Zach McMath, man, Zach McMath. Uh, I'll throw something in there for you, Blaine. Uh, I uh, I also think that I have I do have the schedule open right now mlsfancyboss.com. Uh, I do have the schedule open right here, and I do agree that I, I think Minnesota has uh, a pretty good start to the season. Uh, Portland, San Jose away is not the roughest team uh, teams to start with, especially at the beginning of the season where people are still looking for form. Mm-hmm. Some questions about Portland, uh, San Jose if they do come out still very defensively kind of get back in that run and then the home the two run home games before the bye week they actually have four home games in a row that are split in half by a bye week so that's a pretty massive run for uh, minnesota right there so they could be a very good defense to look at for a while in the very beginning of the season uh i also like lafc with with their home run they have three home games in the first four weeks with the the third week being a bye so they have a little bit of break there before another bye so they got some some buys before they they have to travel any it's it's miami at home though so that's going to be an interesting game to open up followed by philadelphia which was really rolling last year so those could be harder games uh but having that home form and some of those players uh, even though they have a little bit of different look in the back like their keeper so we'll get to that in a second uh but but i think lafc has uh, a good shot at having a, a pretty decent defense early in the season i'm just gonna give you two since you gave yeah. me two answers when i asked you for one i'm just giving you two when yeah. you ask for three okay that's fine uh matt Alex. or mike 
Sure, uh, I can jump in here. Uh, teams that are conditioned to altitude are doing so for about three weeks, and most teams are figuring things out. So RSL and Colorado are pretty decent shots, and given the way the winter's gone in the Rocky Mountains, I'd put pretty good money on at least one of those teams having a snow classico, or at least a very, very chilly home game in their first two home games as well. So I'd favor them. I think Minnesota's probably a good shot, but I wouldn't be surprised if Matias Almeida, just with some iterative learning in San Jose, tries to change things up for the whole of the season but in the beginning of the year probably figuring everybody else is getting fit everybody's figuring out their lineup let's just be really really fit in preseason and then just man mark and counter attack the heck mm -hmm. out of other people and i think that was yeah. something that was really really effective that, like other teams didn't necessarily know how to deal with so that would probably be my other three teams so give me the rocky mountains and then uh give me the rocky mountain cup teams and then the san jose <laughs> earthquakes to just be able to outfit opponents especially at home um and then just be able to outwork them so the team I'll throw out to start um, is, is FC Dallas. I'm not interested in the first few weeks in LAFC or Seattle until I know that they're out of CCL. I, I just don't touch them because I don't know which team is going to show up. Um, Dallas doesn't have that problem. Um, they start off with two home games, one against Philadelphia, who, who just lost Medudinin. So I think that's going to be a pretty big loss for them, um, even though they still have Montero. Another thing about Dallas's defense is that they have some, depending on what the price is, they have some really good players, Cannon, um, Ziegler. And I think if you start off with them, usually what we see with pricing in the past, we'll have to see how Ben does it this year, is that there's kind of a cap. And a lot of those Dallas players were the ones who were the highest priced defenders towards the end of the year, especially in Cannon, because of how, how involved they were on the offense. This might be a good time to kind of get in on those Dallas players if they can get some clean sheets with two home games and then their third game is on the road against NYCFC, who may be involved in CCL uh, as well. I don't remember who their second game is, but it wasn't too bad either. Um, so I think they're a pretty good option to, to look at. Yeah, and I would I just throw out, I had San Jose and Colorado up there with Minnesota for my three. I think Matt hit them really hard on why I like both San Jose and Colorado. I think they've got players and systems that are going to be beneficial and really give early season teams a lot of fits and then minnesota should just come right back into form where they were all right well thanks for that blaine let's move on now to segment three final segment for tonight and this is going to be top players to target from the west so we're going to do the top five players from each position starting with keepers matt let's go with you um, so starting with keepers, I think number one, albeit as a guy who's new to MLS, but is probably coming into one of the best defensive teams. I'm curious to see where he'll start off his price, but give me Kenneth Vermeer. Um, and then the next three that I have are all solid keepers in their own right and are okay defensively. Tyler Miller coming into Minnesota, I think is going to be reasonably priced where relevant relative to other Western Conference goalkeepers. Tim Milley, I think, is going to be a good shout on an improved and healthier sport in Kansas City. I think in a vacuum he'll be fine, but I might not play him early on in the season because of the center back situation. Stefan Fry, and then I think that's kind of like my top four tier, and I don't know that there's anybody who's an obvious fifth person who's sitting at the table. So I'll just throw in Clint Irwin. I don't know that he'll be better than any of those four keepers above him, but he's going to have a really, really good back line with him, and he stepped up really well when Tim Howard wasn't able to play last year. Yeah, no, fair. I thought this was actually a little bit tough to get to get five players. Uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I think Irwin is where I would start. Um, I don't really have anything more to say. I mean, because it's, it's to, to me, the only thing that I care about for the keeper is price. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. without that, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I know Fry yeah, will be fair. good uh, and that, but Fairly you know, important. otherwise, I, I really think Irwin is probably going to be the best one because he's probably going to be the cheapest of the good good guys. So at yeah. least to start. Blaine. Yeah, I've got Irwin Miller and um, Vega this year. I think they've got some of the better defenses in front of them. A uh, guy like Fry and Melia could crack the top five if you're looking at kind of poor defenses around them. I don't know what Seattle's going to do, and Kansas City was giving up shots last year. They could get their save numbers up pretty quick, and both those guys are pretty proficient penalty stoppers too, which can help if you want to get if you just want to chase some extra points. But yeah, the, so those are my five. Spencer. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, there's it's hard to be able to figure out exactly what's going to roll out. Um, I kind of like Vermeer, LAFC, like you said, um, with having a few home games right off the bat. You know, maybe they're going to be rotating a little bit with CCL, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm hoping that Vega will be cheaper because I think that that's actually going to be a great pick if he's under that $6 million. Um, Stephen Fry, I agree with you guys. It's Stephen Fry is almost always consistent, but is it, the price going to be right? So, yeah, we'll just kind of see how it plays out. Yeah, for myself, I uh, don't have – I guess I have, I have one difference from on, on here. I have Tyler Miller. I have Vermeer. I have Vega. I have Irwin, hoping there will be some value right there. I also have Jesse Gonzalez on, on this list. Um, I, I like the way Dallas is looking – in the back, they've got some. They got some solid guys. Uh, I think they had a little bit of a rough time last year, where they have some people coming back. I, I like the pieces that are there, uh, and I think Jesse Gonzalez has a good shot at, at being a, a top keeper option. Again, of course, the ever-present caveat of of price and form that are with us all. Uh, moving on to defenders, Blaine. Let's start with you on this one. Yeah, um, this one's really price dependent, and I don't know where I'm going with this one. Um, my probably going to look at Minnesota and Colorado early. I think the Colorado guys are going to come in at a pretty good price. Um, Leardom's also on that list. I think he's got a lot. He offers a lot going forward. Um, and then um, just to give you another name, we'll throw Martins from Kansas City out there Where's playing he? left back. Uh, he's been get, He was getting forward a lot last year, and I think he's going to have a lot of work at thrown his way. Uh, for those of you watching, we just had a little switch out. Uh, I'm just saying hi. Spencer, someone, <laughs> so, Ashley has held up the board and Spencer's number is on it. Yeah. And she's coming to join it for us just in time to talk about at least her defender picks. So, Reed, <laughs> is, this, is this a substitution or would this be a literal MLS fantasy switcheroo? Uh, I think this has to be a little, a literal MLS fantasy switcheroo. It, it definitely has to be, yes. Our first one of the season. Our first oh, there we go. Season. Sorry, I don't know why I can't couldn't hear you guys. Um, I just wanted to say hi. Sorry about my sub, and um, I agree with fifty percent of the things he said. Fifty percent, got it. All if it, so if it, anything he said was wrong, it was not. It was him. It was Everything him. that was right was probably my idea. That's actually that's what it is. That's what it is. Just well, kidding. Thanks, you guys. See you soon. No problem. That that seems like I think we were just testing a, a concussion sub right there. So it was there. There was an injury. Yeah, Spencer had to go off the field. We had a temporary sub that came in. He's gone through yep. the protocols. He's okay. He's back. So we're all good. Uh, Spencer, who do you like? Uh, defenders. Uh, so I am probably on the same board of all you guys. I think that what I would just add is interesting things. Uh, Adnan, I'm really putting a question mark from Vancouver. 
he's had some flashes last year and seemed like he could really break through, but is he going to, is he going to figure that out? Um, and I think my other question mark, and I'm sorry for being a homer, is really interested to see what Andrade is going to bring us at Seattle. So new center back, uh, he is a Spanish speaker, so that might help with the pairing. Um, and he's 6'2", 200, and described as crazy athletic. So that means they're trying to replace that Chad Marshall with, you know, headers one and possible goals from headers. So that could be really interesting because that kind of fits in with what our theme is. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I think that Ico Parra may be too expensive, but he's going to get a lot of points. Hauling said, if he continues over last year with with his assists and goals, uh, yeah, I think rolling those out would be my defenders that I'm going to be looking at to see how they do right off the bat. Matt. Uh, so this, and I'll say this, the same thing for the midfielders and the forwards. It was just, it's really hard for me to make these rankings given the prices. So I'm just simply picking good players who I know are going to start, who are likely to get you a lot of points. And I would, I, I reserve the right to change all of these depending on what price valuation goes out. So I'll start with the uh, uh, last year's MLS Defender of the Year, who I think is going to be the best defender individually for his team and Ico Parra. I'd throw in Eddie Segura as well for um, LAFC, but I think you could look Look at a couple of players there. You know, I know Blaine, you said the Colorado guys, there's going to be a couple of really good options. Sam Vines and Keegan Rosenberry are probably not going to be super expensive, but I'm going with Lalas Bubakar because mm-hmm. I think he's the best shout to be an out and out starter every single game at center back. Mm-hmm. He's going to be paired up against the main forward for opposing teams. So he's going to get lots of interceptions, clearance bonuses as well. But I think as long as they're reasonably priced, you couldn't go wrong with any of those main starters. A little uncertainty right now in terms of who's going to be the starting center back next to Abubakar between Austin Trusty and Drew Moore. TBD on whether or not Court Ford is going to be healthy to start the season. Um, and then I think from there, I'd probably go Justin Glad, just because I think he's going to be reasonably placed for RSL and probably be their most impactful defender, especially with uncertainty as far as the goalkeeper position. And then I reserve the right to say one of the sporting Kansas City defenders is going to be really, really good and reasonably priced. I'm not sure who that is yet, but there's going to be at least one SKC player who's regularly going to be in my back line that might rotate throughout the year. But I think sporting Kansas City is going to be a better defensive team this year. So Jen Generally, that is just a team I'm going to look at for defenders, even if though I'm not, I'm not sure yet who that player is going to be or if that player is going to change throughout the year. Fair. All right, Mike. Um, whoever the cheapest defender is that I can slot in so I can spend more money up front. <laughs> <laughs> very, a very fantasy answer right there. Uh, for me to round it all off, uh, I agree. Icopara, I think, is definitely going to be a, a top defender right there. I also think Metanair is going to be another one to keep an eye on. He was uh, the great offensive defender that they had uh, getting, getting those good points for, for Minnesota. So that's going to be, I think, a tough choice for a lot of people if they want to go that defensive side or that offensive side. Uh, I like Dallas again right here. Um, Matt Hedges gets a spot for me, but it could easily be, be Hollingshead. Uh, I really loved just the versatility of Hollingshead last year as mm-hmm. well. Um, former Dallas guy, Walker Zimmerman, but uh, Mike, you're right. Segura, another great pick from, from LAFC, but Zimmerman's a guy that I like a lot as well. And then I too have uh, Lalas Abubakar because I really liked what I saw from him at Columbus. I liked what I saw when he went over to Colorado, and I think they've done really well with keeping that that unit together in Colorado. So uh, I'm looking forward. I'm hoping for a Colorado from a few years ago. That's just a defensive powerhouse at home, and just all those all those good fancy points given to me right there. 
midfielders. <laughs> um, Mike, we traditionally start with you with this, so we'll do it right now. Um, well, I think one of the big questions for midfielders of the West is uh, Ladero's injury. Uh, I don't know if Spencer's if, if, if we've addressed that. I know he had kind of picked up an injury. They're not really sure where where he is. Um, so that that'll be a big question hanging over the Western midfielders. Um, other than that, um, obviously Pavone from LA Galaxy, I, I think will be huge. Um, him linking up with uh, Chicharito, um, even though I don't think Chicharito would be as prolific as Laton, I still think that'll be good for goals. Also, watch they picked up Alexander Katai. We haven't mentioned his name. We know he's pretty good from Chicago Fire. He'll be a little bit underpriced, I think. So he might be a cheap way to get into the LA Galaxy. Um, yeah, watch. Do for, we know if he's going to be listed as a forward though? Mike, do not. I, I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm just going to go off of the fact. I'm. What I'm going to hope is that Ben Bear is looking at Matt Doyle's um, <laughs> format and saying, "Oh, he's a winger. He's a midfielder." So if he's a forward, then, but you know what? I need a midfielder. So he's a midfielder right now for this purpose. (laughs) Um, And then other than that, um, kind of another, whether he's a midfielder or forward talking about Colorado, Jonathan Lewis, very explosive player um, can be good for a lot of goals. He can go off in spurts, but when you're, when he's hot, he's hot. Um, But I don't know if he'll, if that'll list him as a forward or midfielder, he's kind of played around um, with both of them. Um, and then I'm trying to f- figure out who the last one on my list is, but well, um, Quintero, if he's listed as a midfielder or forward, depending on, I was assuming he's going to kind of move more towards the midfield, um, with Minotas and Kyoto up top, but, uh, I guess we'll see. So those are kind of, so there's a lot of, we have to see of who gets listed as a forward or midfielder, but there's a lot of good choices here. Spencer, who do you like? Uh, so for me, I think that the price is going to be good to start and a great player to get early and the points will go up would be Pavone, uh, from LA galaxy last year. He had eight assists, but he had almost an assist every game coming in at the end of the season. Um, and that to me would probably pair up a little bit better with Chicharito. Zlatan is that thing where I know we're talking about midfielders, but Zlatan created so many goals just by himself last year. He didn't really get a whole lot of action. Uh, He was yelling at players that didn't give him the right ball. He made his own stuff. So I don't really trust a lot of the LA Galaxy when it comes to midfielders except for Pavon. I honestly think that going back to Quintero at Houston, I think he's going to light up. The dude takes PKs. He has great service. He can take some free kicks. That'll be something interesting to see if those guys, you know, going forward gets fouled and what's going to happen with him. Um, sleep on Atuesta, guys. Atuesta had unbelievable season last year, stepping up from his beginning season with LAFC. And if that just continues, all those ancillary points, there's just so much stuff that he does. It may be another one. That it, it's going to start at first. Going back to what you were saying with Nico, I think that uh, Nico's injury isn't going to be that big of a deal. It's tendonitis, and to be honest, we haven't shown that we've put all our cards into CCL. And I think that him being one of our DPs on the Seattle side, that he will honestly just be very careful and care more about those first five games at home and starting off right. That's kind of been the Seattle's motto uh, since Garth Lagerwey has taken over is let's start getting points right off the bat. And that priority, I think, for Nico will be MLS instead of CCL. Um, I think another interesting player is a DP signing at a defensive spot. Uh, that would be Joe Apollo, who is another Sounders FC player. He may be a really low in points because he's unknown, but the guy in preseason has been launching 
long balls like it's nobody's business creating those secondary assists that Matt can't stand. Um, and I think that, to be honest, though, he, he, he could be a, 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 an Aussie type or get a lot of those defensive tackles, but then also can get some good service. He'll also be taking corner kicks and free kicks. Uh, and we don't really have a PK taker that's just a solid guy. So that may be something going forward too. So yeah, I'm my number one though would be Pavon, LA Galaxy. All right, Matt, you like second assist, but who do you like for midfield? Uh, Christian Pavone, you know, for the reasons that everybody else said, you know, kind of similarly, there's going to be a number of really good options as far as midfielders for um, LAFC. You know, I think Atuesta would be a really, really good shout. I'd say Mark Anthony Case. So any one of those, you know, three who's starting on a regular basis are going to be a really good option. I'm probably just going to play it based on who's starting and then who's the cheapest option that I have. I'm not sold on them from a fantasy standpoint or a playoff standpoint, but the one guarantee that you have with RSL is that Albert Rusnak is going to be doing most of the attacking mm. stuff. So I figured he's going to get a lot of points, even if RSL isn't going to be a good fantasy team. And then I'd say the same thing of Gutierrez with Sporting Kansas City as far as midfielders and uh, kind of similar to the concerns that we have about what Ladero looks like from a health standpoint. And then also just how much Seattle is um, – choosing to prioritize CCL versus the league. I think one of Valeria Lodero are going to be excellent, but I've got concerns about both of them. But I think one of those two is going to be my fifth choice option that I have. Blaine. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got Pavone and Ladero, so I'll go with five little bit different ones. Um, I think Blessing's going to have his breakout year this year with LAFC. I think he's just going to light it up. Lee Wynn's not there anymore. There's just It's wide open for somebody to take that spot, and I think he's just going to come in and show what he can do. I've also got Gutierrez from Kansas City. He's been the most consistent midfielder they've had the last two seasons. Um, uh, Rusnak is also a home game. He's almost a must-have at this point. And then uh, two guys that I think are up and coming. I, I'm i not sure if Ferreira for Dallas is going to be listed as a forward or a midfielder. Um, he kind of played a lot up top last year, but Doyle's got him in at the number 10 slot. So it kind of depends on where they put him, but either way, he was lighting it up last year. I think he's going to be critical to the way Dallas plays. Um, and then uh, Kevin Molino up in, in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, if he's healthy this year, if he's playing, which I haven't heard anything that he's got an injury still, it's just how fast can he get up to game speed? If he is healthy, he is going to be the man running that offense this year. And I, you, you can't sleep on that. Yeah, well said. Uh, you guys have covered pretty much all I have on here. The only one that I will add is I like Sebastian Blanco over Valeri if you're looking for, for Portland. Uh, very close in their production the last couple of years, and uh, Blanco is usually a little bit cheaper, and he is the one that, that got a little bit more favored with, with the deal this year, so uh, a little bit younger as well. So I like Blanco if you're looking at Portland. Otherwise, you guys have covered a lot of, of the main ones, so we'll just move right on to forward Spencer let's start with you yeah so with forwards obviously we could put the top five and we know that they're going to be 11 million plus so I'm kind of looking at more of who did really well last year still in the league uh that was productive per minute so the top five goal scorers as far as per 90 minutes number one was Carlos Villa uh number two was Wando Wando had 
a goal, 0.68. He had 15 goals last year, 0.68 per 90 minutes. Uh, Sam Johnson for RSL, DP, kind of a younger guy. Also with nine goals was at 0.62. Rui Diaz and then Diego Rossi uh, were the ones that ended off that top five. So if you're looking for like a guaranteed pick that more than likely they're going to get a goal, you're looking at one of those five. But one thing that I'm super hoping for, and I got my fingers crossed, is honestly, I hope that BWP takes over Dio. And I cannot imagine BWP that had an off, just one off year with Red Bull, but you look at his consistency. When he has a guy that can give him service and you get that man in the box and you scores goals, I think BWP could be a really crazy sleeper pick if he, they're going to rotate this in the five games is PCL that service and him and Carlos Vela will be lights out together. Interesting. Especially if they do sell Rossi as well. Blaine. Yeah. Um, BWP was kind of my headliner for the little bit cheaper options. We all know who the big names are in uh, the Western conference right now. Um, and there, there's a lot of new faces coming in too that are expected to make a splash and they're all going to be in that big, in that higher price range, but BWP and then uh, Baji with um, Nashville are two of the guys I'm looking at cheaper on early in the season. Um, Baji's got the speed. I think he's projected to be the starter up there. If he's not up up top, he's probably going to be on the wing. Um, there's this is I'm expecting this to be a counter team. I mean, they've got a calm out there. It's just I expect him to be in the middle of everything that goes forward this year targeted with a lot of long balls. And just, I hope that turns into some easy early fantasy points for me, Mike. Um, well, we haven't, I mean, I obviously I would agree with some of the names that we talked about. We probably haven't talked enough about Carlos Velo because he's so obvious, but whenever he's playing and starting, he's going to be on your team. We should just remember mm-hmm. that. Um, the only other ones I would add is uh, we haven't talked too much about Chicharito. Um, I do agree that last year, you know, Zlatan created a lot of his own stuff, but that's also because Zlatan is kind of Zlatan and he just kind of does his own Zlatan thing. Um, I think he actually, we might see a little bit better of a team from the galaxy this year. Uh, and they just have Mm. too much talent on the wings and in midfield for Chicharito to not get service. Uh, and even though he struggled, even though I wouldn't expect him to hit Zlatan numbers, I still think he's going to be a really productive player. I, I think he may be just as good fantasy-wise as Zlatan because I think he'll be more likely to get some assists because he actually knows how to pass the ball as opposed <laughs> to just shoot the ball. Um, so that might offset not his not scoring as many goals as Zlatan. Um, other than that, I think we, we've we kind of hit um, the big ones. Maybe you probably mentioned Kai Kamara um, in Colorado. I don't know if anyone has mentioned him yet. Um, I don't think we've mentioned... Rui Diaz or Jonathan Morris from um, C- Seattle. I mean, they're pretty consistent. Jonathan Morris has been, you know, kind of came on really, really strong at the end of last year uh, and then brought him all the way to MLS Cup, so we shouldn't forget him. Matt? Uh, when it comes to forward, that's the one position where I say for the most part price is no object. So if I can pick a cheaper keeper that's got a good matchup and then a couple switcheroos to fill out my defenders to look at some cheaper options that are going to get um, clean sheets possibly, it is so I can absolutely splash the cash when it comes to forward. So I'm just simply looking at guys who I know are going to start where if their team scores a bunch of goals, it's going to be because they're scoring a bunch of goals. So Carlos Vela. Alan Pulido, Pulido with Sporting Kansas City, Raul Rui Diaz, Chicharito obviously with the LA Galaxy, and then kind of a similar one where um, 
some of the other picks that I've had where it's this is the team that I think is going to do it, but there's a couple different players who could do it. At any given time, I think there's going to be a Houston player who's relatively hot just given how what they're doing from a counterattack standpoint. So that could be at least one week. That could be Quintero another. That could be Mauro Minotas. There's going to be at least one forward, assuming they don't have a fire sale in the summer, like I said earlier in the episode, who I'm going to be looking at seriously, who's probably going to be sub $10 million, unlike the four guys I mentioned uh, previously. Yeah, that's basically exactly what I have. Chicharito, Velo, Ruli Diaz, somebody from Houston, because as always, I don't know what's going on as far as who's going to be mm-hmm. hot or not with Houston. Uh, then, yeah, I had uh, Polito, uh, Polito as well. I, I thought I might have been the only one uh, with him on here. But, I mean, with, with Gerso and Gutierrez and Russell and Espinosa and all those guys in the midfield, I feel like Polito is set up to be able to succeed with that team uh, with Sporting Kansas City, and, and they made a spend. Which, which is something people have been looking for for a while. So I think that'll pay off for them, and I and I feel like that could be a good a good player going forward. Don't know his value, but it might be a little bit cheaper than some of these other guys. I know. I think we're all assuming that like Chicharito Avella is probably going to be the highest guy in the game. So yeah, definitely mm-hmm. cheaper than that. Probably so. Something right there. So it, I, I think one forward who might be a little bit cheaper who might kind of work his way into this conversation because he was pretty good when he came on last year as Andrasic from FC Dallas. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, he was kind of a really cheap, I mean, he was a super cheap pickup last year. I don't think he'll be as cheap, um, but I mean, especially if Pax and Pomichol comes back healthy uh, and plays the way he did in the first half, we didn't really get to see those two together. That might be a, a really good pairing. No, that's a great point. Yeah, uh, Dallas could do some interesting things with they got a lot of youth but i'm really, really high on back. dallas this year which i didn't know until this podcast <laughs> <laughs> hey, i mean that's that's just how how it is i mean you just you're just hypnotized by the cobra that's what's going on yeah over there in dallas all right guys thank nope, you so that's it. right Hoo-ah. thank you so much for coming out tonight and uh sharing these thoughts i hope everyone enjoyed it uh, a couple of plugs for me before we wrap this thing up uh, i will be announcing soon the new patreon tier swag that's right there's going to be new things that you guys can get for the pledge amounts that you have uh, we got some really cool items that i'm looking forward to uh, releasing that there the tier prices i don't think are going to change uh, but you will definitely get some swag out there so i hope you think that is uh, well worth your investment and support of this podcast and this project uh, also starting this week we're going to start releasing the team preview articles over at mlsfantasyboss.com part of our uh, yearly uh, fantasy primer project is trying to get some fans giving you feedback about their teams to help uh, new players especially but even the returning players you don't know everything about the teams you don't follow so try to find experts where i could to help give you some uh, advice about who to keep an eye on when you're building your first fancy teams and throughout the year so uh, that's what i have uh, no news about the game just yet so i'm going to throw it over to you guys to give any other plugs or shout outs or things that you might want to do spencer yeah for sure uh representing my wife obviously hopefully i can beat her this year and then put her in her place but no um definitely shout out to uh switch the pitch formerly mls female check it out there's a lot of really good writers they've got some awesome articles on the teams from a little bit of a different perspective um yeah and we are the reigning champs the mls cup ball is in our colors so uh, good luck to everybody else this year it's gonna be awesome You'll notice I've updated my there we go scarf Woo! in the middle of my my rack. It is that middle spot is always reserved for the current MLS championship, and I have swapped that out with a nice little Seattle scarf. So there we go. Pretty crazy just to finish off that the last four Western Conference MLS Cup final representatives have been Seattle or Portland, guys. So 
Don't count out the Pacific Northwest. Blaine. Um, yeah, just a big shout out to the community. This is why we do it. We're glad to be getting back into it. I know I'm happy to be here. Um, throw your feedback at us. Hit us up with whatever with whatever questions you've got. I mean, you guys are the reason we do it, and that's why I'm here again. Mike. Uh, I'm just gonna give a shout out to my son. I was late because he was at my I was at my son's first soccer game. He scored a Woo! hat trick. So <laughs> oh! <laughs> so now he's gonna be insufferable for the rest of his life. Yes. So <laughs> what's what's his fantasy value gonna be? Uh, I, you know what? If, if he keeps playing against the team he played today, he's he's gonna be valid. I'll take one thing. He's going up 0.5 million he's tonight. That's 5. what's going on. He Matt. started off as a left back, was moved to left winger, and then ended up as a center forward because he just kept running around and doing these like ridiculous short angle goals. Uh, next right. stop, Bayern Munich. That's I think that's the way yeah. that path works out. Uh, Matt. Okay, um, check out my written content at lastwordonsoccer.com. Lots of great insight going into the start of the season on both the Los Angeles Galaxy and the Colorado Rapids. And then, of course, check out me and Rabbi at uh, Holding the High Line with Rabbi and Red at Rapids96 Podcast on all social media platforms. And we're on pretty much any podcatcher you've had. We've gotten Last year, we got pretty regularly at least one person who was a fan of the team that the Rapids were either playing the week before or the week after, commenting that like we were the outlet they were looking at podcast wise as far as rapids insight so hoping to keep that going strong so first of all if you're listening to this and you're a rapids fan you haven't heard about us like how like have you not had internet access until this past week um and then if you're not certainly i would say that but we are aspiring to be the go-to place for my team's playing the rapids this week let me listen to this week's episode of hthl yeah, no, that, that would be really crazy if they had not because, I mean, the Burgundy Wave is a great supporter of retweeting and, and just helping mm -hmm. uh, spread our podcast as well. So, uh, yeah, totally. It's awesome. I've been to uh, the Colorado Stadium to see an MLS All-Star game as well, so it's it's a fun time as well. So great memories from Colorado. Uh, as myself, of course, as you already heard, uh, you can catch everything I do over at MLSFantasyBoss.com, but I, I mostly do this as well here we have articles coming out we have the draft schedule that's going to be out i will be doing some writing for mls soccer as well again this year don't know exactly what's that going to be just yet but skylar and i both uh, do some articles that are fantasy content related there also please check out uh the the subreddit uh, for uh, MLS Fantasy over there, r slash fantasy. And then uh, also the Discord chat is an amazing community. You can see some of that on the sidebar in MLSFantasyBoss.com, but also just, just straight up join the Discord group. A great longtime friend, Older Goaler from Toronto, manages that, and he does an amazing <coughs> job with that community. Lots of great insights, lots of great players. Players, not just people in the middle or the bottom like we're talking today, but we have top tier players that come into that chat and share their insights freely and answer questions. I mean, these are guys who are finishing uh, in the top 10 who have finished top overall. So lots of great people. It's This is a fantastic community. Again, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you everyone who was uh, with us tonight. And also if you do want to consider supporting this podcast, uh, you can do so over at patreon.com. That's P-A-T reon.com slash uh, MLS Fantasy Insider and so MLSFI and uh, you can see how, how you can be involved with that so uh, that's all for tonight next week we're going to be back with an Eastern Conference preview so we hope to see you then good luck <laughs>